Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillah. Vessalatu vesselamu ala Resulillah. Ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve men ve Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream on Monday in which this week will be, be the month of Ramadan will enter in upon us this week. And as you know, all the masajid in the area, they all go by... Uh, they all go by uh, um, the projected visibility of the moon. That's what they go by. And then the individuals who are going to uh, go by the sighting of the moon have, in my experience, out of ele- 10 Ramadans, it's, well, it's not just a Ramadan, it's eight too, like beginning and end. There's only been an issue once and even that one very in the wee hours there was a sighting on the west coast like further out in the west coast so that ended up not even being an issue so that's the uh alhamdulillah i've never had a situation where i had to go and and you know have aid while like faking it or something like that you know like that you, you hear that stuff happens all the time that never happened with me alhamdulillah so um, the key on that is you go by global moon sighting, right? In any event, um, uh, I had a very strange incident yesterday. You know, I had a trash talker on Celebrate Mercy. I've never had that before. You know, Celebrate Mercy is everyone's fuzzy. Everyone's happy. It's the nicest way people are with their kids. Everyone is like optimistic. Tarek's got everyone happy. Everyone's excited. I had a trash talker. Uh, saying I'm uh, negative, how was it negative? I was like to- so positive. I was really surprised. Not I get trash talkers all the time on Twitter and Facebook, but I just never expected it on Celebrate Mercy. Oh, he's negative. He doesn't explain the Arabic words. He's so negative. I always feel terrible after I listen to him. What are you talking about? Everyone feels great. Everyone is always in a good mood on Celebrate Mercy. I was so surprised by that. So um, today is Monday, okay, um, today is Monday, and you know that Monday is a day for Shemet, okay, Shemet, and our Shemael that we are reading from these days is Muhammad al-Insan al-Kamil, do you know that how 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 does this, how did the scholars get 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 trained, right? How did these scholars um, learn so much? I remember meeting a man in Mecca. He said that he re- read with uh, Habib Abdul Qadir Saqaf over five hundred books. Yeah, books, booklets, small books, big books. Oops. Uh, and he said that, like, a lot of times you read very similar books. A lot of books are like, maybe, if you get, if you get 10 Shema'el books, you know that there's going to be at least 50% is going to be the same. But that's how you learn, right? That's how you actually learn. So that's what we're doing here. We just keep reading these, these Shema'el books, one after the other. And we're not going to read too, too long, only one small chapter. This is Sayyid Muhammad al-Alawi al-Maliki's book. 
and chapter two is Kamalu Khilqatihi. That's Mudaf and Mudaf Ilay. Okay, Kamalu, because the Marfu'a, the Dhamma is the default. Khilqatihi, it's Mudaf Ilay, so it's Majroor. Okay. Wajamalu, that Wa'u is called Wa'u Al-Atf, and it's the Wa'u Al-Atf of Kamal. So Kamal, and then Wa, Jamalu Suratihi. So it's Mudaf, Mudaf Ilay, connected by a Harf Atf. صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الإمام البصيري رحمه الله تعالى فهو الذي تم معناه وصورته he is the one whose meaning in his meaning and his image الحمد لله ديكم السلام his uh, his meaning and his image is complete because you could have someone with an amazing image but their meaning is no good in other words their essence the meaning here معناه meaning um, his 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 purpose, his character, all those things. Thumastafahu Habiban Bari Unnesami. Istafahu Habiban Bari Unnesami. Then he chose him as a beloved. Alright. Uh Anasam Bari Anasami, innocent of soul. The Nisma is a word that's used to relate to something like the soul of a person, and that's how I understand this Anasami. Bari and Nesami, innocent of his soul. Soul is innocent. Right? It's so important to have Isma. If you don't have Isma, how do you follow anybody? And what is the proof of Isma? Let me ask you this. What's the proof of Isma if it's not in the Quran that prophets are masum? I'm going to ask you this a quiz question. I'm going to ask it again. And then I'm going to, to see if anyone who in the chats has the answer to it. Um, if the Prophet being sinless is not in the Qur'an. Then what is the proof for the doctrine that the Prophet is sinless? Like, what's the proof? What's our, our, our uh, in Aqidah is the proof for that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it, and I'm going to answer at the end of this session. Munazzahun an sharikin fi mahasini. He is munazzah. Sharik, he has there is no he has, the Prophet has no likeness to him in the qualities that he has. Of course not. Uh, otherwise then he would not be the greatest of Allah's creation. The Jawhar, even this this the 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 Jawhar, the essence or the jewel or the essence of the goodness in him is not distributed to anybody else. Like nobody has a portion, okay, of what the Prophet ﷺ has. Now he turns to Al Imam Al Qurtubi. قال Al Qurtubi لم يظهر لنا تمام حس لم يظهر لنا تمام حسنه لأنه لو ظهر لنا تمام حسنه لما أطاقت عيوننا لما أطاقت عيوننا رؤية uh, the ex, his perfection has not truly been manifest to us it's been covered because if it was revealed to us physically our eyes would not be able to bear it it's an important feature that uh, the Prophet وسلم, was never a fitna to any woman and that's that would have made his mission impossible it would have been impossible for the Messenger to uh, it, it would be a aib. The Sahaba would have been bothered by that. The women would not have been able to focus on his words and his teachings if they were attracted, you know, personally attracted to him. 
And that's something that the ulama talk about. They talk about how the Prophet ﷺ was never a fitna to, the, to, to women. Right? And that's uh, unlike Sayyidina Yusuf, for example. So when they asked Sayyidina Aisha, she said Sayyidina Yusuf was given half of beauty. She said, yeah, it's not the whole half. She, her understanding, she said, yeah, the Prophet, she was given half, the Prophet was given all of beauty. They said, well, then why is that we, we see the evidence of that? He said, because Allah veiled that beauty so that the people wouldn't get fitna. Women would not get fitna. And here, Suyulti is saying, we wouldn't have been able to bear it. Even, even Sayyid Muhammad ibn Habib, he, he died in the 70s, early 70s, and he's a Moroccan scholar, and he's also a sheikh of Suluk. And one of the things he said is that Allah Ta'ala always veils iman and the, the iman of people, he veils it with humanity. In other words, you see the person coughs, the person makes mistakes, the person eats, the person sleeps, the person does all these things, he has a body, his body has flaws, right? So the iman of people is veiled. And because it's veiled, uh, you just see a regular person. So, but if it was revealed, the, 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 the uh, beauty of the light of Iman is so powerful, it would be a fitna for people. And people would not be able to focus on anything other than that wali. They would revolve around that wali, and their eyes would be stuck on him, and they wouldn't move on to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah ta'ala has put the veils of humanity on his awliya. And on all, he, he didn't say all believers. Okay? Okay. Um, and, I, and I thank you for those who are commenting here about. I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, am I. Uh, did I, did I uh, go. Did I, did I get negative or something? Am I not seeing myself? I even, I even went upstairs. I asked my. What was, that, what was up with that comment? Right? Because she watches my stuff. I said, what was up with that comment? She said, nah, just ignore that. Because uh, it's very important to have honest critics. You're better off with honest people around you than anything else. Like nice but honest. Or honest but nice, I should say. Right? Because otherwise you go astray. Like you could, uh, and the people who have those and they just want everyone, like I like people to, to, to not break up the, the, the vibe, right? You're the momentum. Don't break the momentum. But that doesn't mean you can't direct to, the, to, to what's right. Because all of us today, none of us are trained the way the, the greats were trained. Yeah, that's a good color. Well, no, no, not the green. Yeah, that's good. None of us were trained the way the greats were trained. The greats, they were cooked from our ummah. They were cooked right, so well. And they were surrounded by other shiuk. They could not possibly go awry, right? Today's not the case. We need constant advice. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's un- I'm telling you, there was a day one time, and we were all hanging out one time at a conference, and they fa- the, the guy who runs the conference got a, like a big room for us, and we were all just hanging out. And all of us were like moderately successful in what we do, right? But there's one guy who was far above all of us. Like he had surpassed all of us. But... Uh, Unfortunately, he began like sort of making general statements about ulama and stuff. And he ended up, uh, we were like sort of uncomfortable with those statements that he was making. But nobody really 
thought anything much of it, except people just say stuff that's not good. But then he reached a point where something happened, he needed advice, and no, he would not listen to anybody, right? He would not listen to anybody. He um, ended up um, really screwing up uh, in life and screwing up his dawah, his efforts. So it's scary to see that. And watching that, you get really, you realize, this thing, Iblis is at war with you. Iblis. You need protections. And the protection is al-dhikr, al-athkar, al-shari'a is a protection, but al-jama'a, the jama'a is the protection, right? Jama'a is the protection, not going off on your own. Let's continue here. وَقَدْ إِسْتَفَاضَتْ الْأَحَدِيثُ النَّبَوِيَّةُ وَالْأَثَارُ الْمَرْوِيَّةُ الَّتِي تَدُلُّ عَلَى كَمَالِ خِرْقَتِهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وجمال سورته ولذلك كان من تمام الإيمان به صلى الله عليه وسلم الإيمان بأن الله سبحانه وتعالى قد جعل بدنه الشريف على وجه لم يظهر قبله ولا بعده بعده خلق آدمي مثله there was no character like this, right? There was no khuluq, no character like the prophets. So it is appropriate to believe, right, and to know that Allah has put this character in a unique body. Okay? And he says there are it's overflowing with a hadith and athar and narrations about the perfection of his creation. So beauty in Islam does have, does have a, a, a little bit of an objective measure, you could say. There is some objective measure. What's the objective measure? It's kemal. It's the absence of flaws and it's balance. That's where beauty uh, is found. And balance is always between two extremes. Okay? Uh, always between two extremes. I'm reading your comments here, and I appreciate what's being said. And Subhanallah, uh, a lot of people have the same—they they have the same uh, experience of seeing people just dismiss ulama, dismiss a whole. You know what? Also, I don't accept anyone who's trying to sell you something that's not proven. They must first dismiss the entire medical field. Like I have a problem with that, just epistemologically. You ever see this? Oh, the doctors—they're doctors. What the heck? Do you think that they're all like agreed upon something here? Or they're all dumb or they're all brainwashed. And you who are not even part of the field is telling us that don't trust any of these doctors, right? They're all in it with the insurance companies. And likewise here, what uh, sister is saying is that she, saw, she has a physician who's saying the same thing about the fuqaha, right? Oh, they're all, you're not even part of the field. How are you dismissing all these people? It's stuff that doesn't make any sense. So this is... Uh, the next section, Wajhuhu as Sharif, the Prophet's face. As Sharif means the honorable and noble. Okay? So, as he said here, that beauty, the objective measure of beauty, is the lack of, an, of a flaw and a balance. So, the balance has to be between two extremes. And that doesn't say that extremes are not uh, uh, attractive either. But the extremes will only be attractive to some people. That's the thing. So all the features that Allah created in the world, you could say 
they have they have attractiveness to them okay and not only do they have attractiveness to them you could be as if you're young enough and you get exposed to a certain attribute over and over and over and over you will you your nefs will change and you will like that thing okay ask me about even food like i i don't go a week or something without having some desi food and now i don't even drink chai any egyptian tea it's dishwater to me i have to drink chai that thing's got to be cooked it's got to have like stuff from the forest in it i got here pods i got cinnamon sticks i got stuff that they didn't even teach you in earth science exist okay all in in the cup i can't drink anything else anymore right it's like it grew on me over 10 years living with daisies now i can't drink anything anymore i can't drink that arab stuff Wait, you just put hot water and you put a bag in it like no effort is put in this drink at all okay these other people like there's stuff there's like you learn you learn geography you, i mean like where does this stuff come from right you learn about earth science when she's you know spinning the pot of chai what the heck is that piece of wood why is there a leaf in my drink what is that little bomb looking it looks like a, a grenade right is there a little grenade in my so now the extremes are attractive but only some people will be attracted to them whereas the middle will be attractive to everybody can be attractive to everybody that's why the prophet was always described how did they describe him not this and not that Right. If you notice, they, they hardly ever give a positive description. They just say what he's not. Not this extreme, not that extreme. He had the, the most perfect face in, uh, amongst his people. And that is narrated by the Shaykhain, okay, from Bara ibn Azib, that n- neither was it round like a cookie. As some people's face is round like a cookie, right? Other people... This face is long, they say, like a sword. I remember my grandmother, she used to love a woman that her grand her grandkids, she used to love that her grand granddaughters had round faces, and she would say, round like a kaka. Like round and pale like a kaka. A kaka is a cookie that's round cookie with white uh, powder on it. That's what she liked, round. Not every guy is going to like a round face. Not every woman wants to have a round face, right? Sometimes they like to have high cheekbones and a long jaw. Right, that's attractive to some people. So, what is the prophet described as? Neither round, nor neither ra- round nor sword-like, thin. Okay, Abu Bakr had a thin, gaunt look. Okay, say so Ali had a had a round face, more round than not. Okay, but the prophet was neither this nor that, but a little bit towards the round, more on the round than on the gaunt. Right, neither. In the middle, but a little. Likewise, neither tall nor short, but closer to the tall side. Okay. Likewise, neither black nor white. Okay. In the middle. Okay. With they say like wheat, and many people have said similar uh, to uh, to Habib, how Habib Ali's skin color looks. I've heard that so many times. I can't tell. Yeah. Where when the Prophet Sallallahu would exert any energy or be upset. He would turn reddish. So reddish means that it was slightly to the light skin side. So neither white nor black, but slight in the middle, but slightly towards the white 
side, lighter side, evidence of that being when he turns, when he becomes uh, uh, energetic, he would turn red, not dark. Because they, the Arabs would divide, put the dividing line between light and dark as what happens when you go in the sun or when you get excited. Or, right, you, you turn dark in the sun or red in the sun. So that's why they, there's even some lines where people were divided between red and black. Meaning, in the sun, did you turn more black or did you turn more red? Yaqulu okay. radiyallahu anhu. لم يكن بالمطهم ولا المكلثم وكان في وجهه تدوير neither round nor gaunt but a little bit of roundness والمطهم الكثير السمن المطهم is that there's fat in there's flesh in the face so it makes it round the cheeks are big it's round والمكلثم المدور الوجه أي لم يكن شديد تدوير الوجه بل في وجهه تدوير قليل a little bit of roundness is by the way if you have someone gaunt they're scary right they can scare like those the, the people who's who's uh, I've seen people if the mom or the dad has a gaunt look those kids turn out right they're scared right they can scare the kids right because that gaunt look is have you ever seen what um Uh, J.D. Rockefeller look like Pull up a picture of J.D. Rock. Do you know how to pull up a picture? By the way, this is Omar Abbas is all alone today Ryan is officially gone And Omar Abbas is subbing in Now, yeah, get some of his pictures Hit the images Hit the images And then just, you take a I'll Keep scrolling Yeah, I guess take that picture right there No, uh, yeah, that one right there Or get a picture of him without the 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 toupee keep going down let's see straight bald he had a disease he had my uh, myopia or whatever it's called uh go to that one on the left just take that one on the left all the way on the yeah that one's fine that one's fine oh that's the one i'm looking for uh what is it what is the second i don't i, I hate to uh sort of dismiss the name of the sickness. What is it called again? Iop, myop, alopecia. It's a sad thing, but... Uh, and you wish nobody has it. But he had it. He used to always wear hats and wigs, but he had no eyebrows. He had not a single hair on his face, and he was extremely gaunt. This guy was extremely scary, right? I don't... I, I don't uh, I'm not surprised he won all those boardroom meetings, right? Uh, but he was someone like face like a sword. He put the fear into whoever he's dealing with. When you look at him, when he gets a picture up, we'll we'll put it up there. Sayyid Aisha used to say about Sayyid Al-Kawnaini alayhi afdal salatu wa taslim, إذا سر تبرق أسارير وجهه كأنه قطعة قمر. إذا سر تبرق when he was happy, all the details of his face were illuminated and he was like a slice of the moon. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq and Ka'b ibn Malik كان وجه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كأنه دارة قمر He was like the moon. Okay. 
Okay. Waqila li abi tufail. You got it? Okay, now pull it, make it big. Yeah, and we could do a split screen. You could just, yeah, there we go. All right, everyone, look at this. That's uh, J.D. Rockefeller, right? Can you make it even bigger? I'll just move over here. Look at J.D. Rockefeller. How You want to mess around with that guy? You got that that guy breathing down your neck, right? It looked like a ghost. Scared people, right? That's J.D. Rockefeller. Not a single hair on his face. Skinny. He wasn't a bad guy, in my opinion. He only had one thing that was misguided. All right, we could take his picture off now. There was one thing that was misguided about the guy, and that is he felt it's sinful to be inefficient. Inefficiency to him was sinful. As a result of that, he had no shame, no problem, no worries. You know, putting people out of business. But he, in his own way, did it in a merciful way where he said to them, listen, this is going to happen, okay? I'm going to put you out of business. So what you could do is either sell me your business now and then move on with life or sell me the business and work for me or I slowly put you out of business, then you could come work for me, right? So he actually didn't make anyone homeless. He didn't make anyone poor, but he just stole their businesses. That's something that he felt in his moral compass. It's sinful to be inefficient, to allow this inefficiency. In our religion, we actually don't accept that. Believe it or not, we, it's haram for us to intentionally put someone out of business. It's haram for us to do an aggressive takeover of another company. I, 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 in, the, in the old days, okay, um, if a new businessman started up, the other business next to him would take a couple days off. And I recently saw this happen. I recently saw it happen that a guy closed down his restaurant I don't know if they're selling the same food, but another restaurant opened up next to him. What are we going to say? We're going to say something like, oh, the competition is here, blah, 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 right? No. This guy closed down for a few days. He said, I'm, I'm fine. So that you can launch your business and move on. How amazing of akhlaq is that, right? It was very common that people in those days... Uh, if you made your sales for the day, you shut down. So you let the other guy next to you sell. That, that's the, the one thing that I find that in J.D. Rockefeller's uh, philosophy of, of things was the only thing was a mistake, right? Was, and that's something that he doesn't have any revelation. How's he going to know? And that's why the Christian religion, it, it's not going it, to, it frustrates because it does not guide where guidance is needed. It doesn't guide. Doesn't give the guidance. Yeah, Where, like, uh, what, what does the model Christian country look like? And you're always going to hear a different response. You'll never have an answer. There's no answer. I can tell you what the model Islamic nation looks like. Yeah. There's a lot of jaladin. Uh, There's a lot of belts will be sell, sold. <laughs> a lot of belts will be sold. I'll tell you that much. And and guess what? Who's gonna who's who's gonna help us? Who's gonna be happy with that? All the kids. The kids will grow up on a stable. Uh, life, there'll be stability. There will be, uh, there won't be this this constant fear of criminal. Go out in the in West Coast. These guys are stealing in broad daylight with no masks. No one's doing a thing, right? Stability, it, the underbelly of stability, is always violent. I have to say, there is roughness to it. 
there's roughness to it, right? But what's the result? An extremely stable, and a generation rises out of that, their brains are just like stable. Their emotions are stable. And when you have that, that's like wonderful soil. You put a seed in that, it's going to germinate. And you get a flowering of civilization. Civilization cannot flower if everyone's wondering, am I going to be safe? Am I going to get my uh, contract? Am I going to get swindled? Am I going to get robbed? No, it's not going to work like that. وَقِيلَ لِأَبِي الطُّفَيْلِ صِفْ لَنَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَقَالَ كَانَ أَبْيَضَ مَلِيحَ الْوَجْهِ He was on the lighter things. إِذَا سُرَّ فَكَأَنَّ وَجْهُهُ مِرْآتٌ وَكَأَنَّ الْبَدْرِ يُرَى فِي وَجْهِهِ When he was happy, it was so lit up. It's as if the moon was reflected on his face. وَقَالَ جَابِرْ he was like the sun and the moon and it was had a roundness to it that his light right, face was bright you know some people they're pale like there's no there's not much it seems like the circulation of the blood isn't happening in their face okay and they have a paleness or a yellowness some people have, a yellowness to them. Like you say, I want to take a picture of you, but you need to jog on the treadmill a little bit, get some blood in that face, right? There's paleness to them. The Prophet did not have that. It was Munir al-Wajh, and he was, there was life in his face. Okay. Mushriq yatala'la bin nur. Okay. Fihi hayah. All these are the descriptions of what I said. There's life in it. There's brightness to it. It was not a pale and 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 uh, downcast face. You know, many people get confused. How does how does Al Hassan Hussein have an, a maternal uncle? Well, Sayyid Khadija did she not have two marriages before the Raft? I said she had sons. One of them was called Hala ibn Abi Hala. Well, what would he be to Fatima? Half-brother, right? So Sayyidah Fatima had a half-brother. So that half-brother is an uncle to Hassan and Hussein. Okay? And his famous hadith is narrated in a tirmidhi. And he says, mm, uh, What did you say, Omar? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. His face, it was large and glorious. And it had light, a lot of light in his face. I kept looking at the Prophet one day and at the full moon, and I found looking at the Prophet was even more beautiful than the full moon. وَقِيلَ لِلْرَبِيعِ بِنْتِ مُعَوِّدِ صِفِي لَنَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَقَالَتْ رَبِيعِ is a woman's name or many, many names in Arabic can be a man and woman's name. Okay. فَقَالَتْ يَا بُنَيَّ لَوْ رَأَيْتَهُ لَرَأَيْتَ شَمْسَ طَالِعَ If you saw him, it's as if you saw the sun. And every prophet has a handsome face because it has to be a face you could look at and you want to look at. Every prophet has a good voice. 
acceptable voice, not too high pitched, not too low pitched, so that everyone could enjoy hearing what he has to say. Every prophet has a good lineage so that people can respect him. Every prophet has shown their abilities at some point in time so that they can be respected by the people. No prophet had a bad body. So even when they spoke ill of Sayyidina Musa, السلام, they said there's some flaw in his manhood because he doesn't bathe with us. And the Bani Israelis used to all bathe naked in the rivers. Okay, um, So Allah Ta'ala caused one time Sayyidina Musa, we bathed alone caused his clothes to flow away from him downstream to the point that he had to go get them himself and then he had to the clothes went onto the bank of the river and he had to uh, go and get them and for a brief moment his entire body was revealed and the men who were speaking ill of him were sitting there and they saw the full body of Prophet Musa alayhi salam and they all were staring at him from the perfection of his body right think about the prophets they don't eat right they hardly eat so they're not gonna you're not gonna have a corpulent prophet there is no not on record ever a corpulent prophet nor a weak prophet every prophet has to lead his people in battle and they fast so much combine uh, the, exor- the, the exercise they do and the lack of food that they eat and you will have a chiseled body uh, as chiseled would be in a general sense not in this uh, hyper uh, you know uh, ex- excessively toned to the point that you're like a, a drawing type of body I don't think that existed at that time to be fair about it okay <clears throat> ووصفته أم معبد فقالت رأيت رجلا ظاهر الوضاء حسن الخلق مليح الوجه قسيما وسيما وقالت امرأة من همدان حججت مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقيل لها شبهيه لنا فقالت كالقمر ليلة البدر لم أرى قبله ولا بعده مثله So there are some women who had Um Ma'bad before she even entered Islam came in Medina, the Prophet came in Medina, and her comment when she said, okay, let me go see what this man is saying, she's saying that his character was amazing, his uh, image was beautiful, his face was handsome, okay? and this is in Bayhaqi. And then a woman f- um, in, from Hamadan went, made Hajj with the Prophet Wasallam. And then when she went back, they said, describe him. And she said, uh, he, he was like the full moon. You'd never seen anyone like him before. So the Messenger وسلم, had a face that the Sahaba would just like to look and look and look at. And they just enjoy, enjoyed looking at his face. That's just how people love for different reasons. One of the reasons you love someone is because they're beautiful. One reason you love someone is they're functional for you. right? Another reason you love someone is that person loves you. Another reason you love someone is because the ideas that they say settle well in your head. Ghazali said that's why people love their imams in fiqh, right, and aqidah. They don't know anything about him, but you read his books, you love him. That's why people love Ghazali, okay? You love the idea that he's, that he's transmitting, okay? Uh, you love someone for their accomplishments in life. This is why guys love other athletes. 
just like the accomplishment. Like I played that sport. I know how hard it is. I've competed to see someone do achieve that. And that's why they, people love that. Right. So people love for different reasons. And the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has all of these things. Right. Especially you got it. Sometimes you're, you're afraid to love because you're afraid you won't be loved back. And that's one of the big things with the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is how much he expressed his love for the Sahaba, but then even more for his ikhwan. We called, I'm going to get flagged in Egypt right now, but <laughs> he loved his Sahaba, but he said, Bal antum ashabi. You're my companions, and those who come after you are my ikhwan. They're my brothers. Okay, And uh, that expression of the love of the Prophet ﷺ. Furthermore, there's tawatur on people after the time of the Prophet, after the time of the Sahaba, having visions of the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet showing his concern for them. Showing a great amount of concern for them. SubhanAllah. The cheek of the Prophet ﷺ uh, was... Um, the cheekbones were high, but the cheeks were not puffy, right? The cheeks were flat. Like the cheekbone was high and the cheek itself was flat. And that's what complements the roundness of the face. If you have a round face and you have puffy cheeks, no one's going to respect you. You're, pre- you're prey. You're not a predator. Show me a predator that has puffy cheeks, right? No. You're not going to be respected. So he had thin cheeks, okay, and high cheekbones. Okay. So the roundness of the face was not a roundness of fleshiness, it was a roundness of the bones, like the nature of the bone structure. As for his eyes, uh, so the prophet's vision was also superior to everybody else's he used to see i believe there is another narration will probably bring it that the sahaba used to see seven uh, stars in a certain constellation the prophet said no i see nine and that he would see in the night as good as he would see in the day in other words that his vision was so sharp and that um of course, as a miracle, he would know what is behind him. As much as that, that's a miracle, that's not to do with vision, right? That's mu'jiza uh, and something khas for the Prophet. In the hadith of Ibn Abi Hala, he, what, he, what he never did was look at people like this. When he would talk to somebody, he would talk, he would turn his whole chest to the person to respect the person. Okay. He was khafid al-tarf. He, was, he would actually lower his gaze. He would not, is not somebody who would stare at people directly like this, boldly. He would actually lower his gaze when he talked to people. Uh, that's a, a type of khuluq that he had a, a, a character trait, is that he would not just look at somebody uh, constantly, almost like uh, in a bold way or in a challenging way. He was constantly... Uh, would look at a person and then look down. Generally would look down. And that's a sign of his humility. 
His looking down at the, at the ground would be more than staring at you or looking uh, upwards. But it was regular that the Prophet would make du'a and look up to the heavens. It was a very common feature. Today you have a whole world, a whole planet. If you notice, it's pretty freaky. A whole planet that's looking down. Right? Everyone is down scrolling. You go in an elevator, you don't see faces. You see the crowns of people's heads, right? It's like a curse has been put on the planet. You will all look down. I don't want you, any of you looking up to me. The qibla of dua almost as if to say. Oh my goodness. The, the AirPods cause a lot of accidents. People in New York City with AirPods on, just walk and they don't hear the car coming. Happens all the time. Jullu nadarihi. Jull means most. Kul is all. What's the difference between kul and kulliya? This is a nantuk. If I say kul, it means the vast majority. Right? Like everything, but there's going to be some exceptions. But if I say like, for example, kullu tarim, kullu ahli tarim ahli bayt All the people of tarim are ahli bayt It means like in general, right? But the kulliya is literally a, 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 a statement on every individual. That's the difference between al-kull and kulliya Exactly. Kullu meaning most of these innovative ideas that come into the ummah are, are misguidance. Right? Jullu nadarihi al-mulahadha. The bulk, says Tirmidhi in his shama'il, of the Prophet's glances, uh, looking is little glances. He doesn't pen, stare at something. وَالْمُلَاحَظَةُ مِنَ اللَّحْظِ مِنَ اللَّحْظِ وَهُوَ النَّظَرِ لِشُقِّ الْعَيْنِ الَّذِي يَلِيَ الصُّدْقِ Which is a quick glance. Movement of the eye, quick glance uh, at things and not staring at them. وَيَقُولُ سَيْدُنَا عَلِي يَنْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ كَانَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ سَنْ عَظِيمُ الْعَيْنَيْنِ He had large eyes. أَهْدَبُ الْأَشْفَارِ مَشْرَبُ الْعَيْنِ his he had large eyes that came out in almond shapes at the at the side and there was some redness in the eye and the, his eyes which what, what is it called the part that's colored the iris is the black spot right the pupil is the black spot the iris is what's colored his iris was dark okay and he had large eyes and people generally they're attracted to large eyes right Babies are cute because their eyes are large. In reality, their eyes are, their, are, are the default size. Eyes don't grow. And it's the face that's small. So eyes look large. But they go, why babies are cute? Because they have these big foreheads and big eyes. Right? And then they grow up and they become teenagers. And their face grows, but their eye doesn't. Now, some people love thin eyes. That's why we say there are extremes in life. But, and these extremes are attractive, but not to everybody. And the Prophet being in the middle is attractive to everybody. And he had long eyelashes. Prophet did have long eyelashes, which is another attribute of beauty. Meaning that they pulled out to be thin at the edges, large and thin. Tirmidhi and Muslim. الحمرة, 
شكل إذ حمرة في بياض العين وهو محمود محبوب some redness in the white what's supposed to be the white part of the eye some redness there وأما الشهلة فإنها حمرة في سوادها okay. only two more three more hadiths وأما جبينه الكريم فقد كان صلى الله عليه وسلم واضح الجبين وهو معنى قول علي صلت الجبين و I think that's salat. وفي رواية واسع الجب الجبين meaning uh, his shoulders were broad. Of course, you have to have he's a leader. He's a general. وكان صلى الله عليه وسلم عظيم الهامة ومعنى قوله ضخم الرأس الجب الجبين which wait hold on a second الجبين um, no no it's not the shoulders we're not on the shoulders the forehead okay and his hajib was thin but long his eyebrows thin and long But they were not meeting. لكن غير مجتمعين ولا متصلين متصلين غير مجتمعين ولا متصلين. They were thin and long, but they did not meet in the middle, as some people imagined that the Prophet had one brow. That's not true. That's not the case. He says here, غير مجتمعين ولا متصلين حاجبيه طويلان تامان long and thin. Okay. Azaj al-Hawajib, meaning crisp, not fuzzy, not big and fuzzy. Aqna al-Anf, meaning there is a bone sticking out in the nose. Not a straight line. Aqna, sorry. Aqna al-Anf, meaning the nose points downwards. This is, some people's nose point up. Have you seen like uh, when, how they depict farmers and stuff? The nose pointing up? He did not have that. His nose pointed down. Okay. Aqna al-Anf. And this part, the middle of it, came up. He had a wide mouth. The Arabs did not like the small mouth, and they liked the large mouth. And his he had large teeth. Okay. But the first, the middle had a gap in it. There was a gap in the middle of the uh, the the two. That's called a diastemal, a gap in the middle of your two front teeth. And the Prophet ﷺ, that's what he had. That's what he's described with. Segment number two of our podcast and our live stream today is that you can support the live stream by going to Patreon.com. You can, um, patreon.com backslash Safina Society. You can subscribe. You can hit the notification button so that you will get a notification. Yesterday, I actually accidentally hit the notification. You saw that? Right? Riveting message, as some people said, as I was just waiting for the uh, Celebrate Mercy to stream to start. And... um, 
you can get the subscription. Uh, you can subscribe. You could also take ArcView classes. Actually, go to, go to that. Go to that. Since you got it up, you can also get your eyes fixed. Since we spoke about eyes today, and you might need your eyes fixed by going to Ocean County Retina. Okay, Ocean County Retina, and Doctor Harris will take. All right, he will take care of you. And he will do laser surgery on you. All right. Get that laser surgery done. Ocean County Retina, some of these guys are from the best in the world at uh, at doing this kind of surgery. And they have three offices. And you know when, when people have three offices, they're, they're ballers. They know what they're doing. And they have a lot of people coming to them. Okay. Um, let us now move to another segment where we're going to read this is i guess you could call it recreational outrage today we have a recreational outrage moment here uh a new jersey mom is filing a complaint okay she filed a complaint on didn't not file a complaint she expressed a complaint on facebook complaining about posters at a child's elementary school all right, what do the posters say? Okay. What does she say? She's upset that there are sexual preference posters at her child's school. The child is in elementary school, yet there are posters there teaching them about sexual preference. This lady is named Angela Redding. All right, so, okay, so what's the big deal? A lot of people are complaining all the time about this stuff. Well, a high-ranking U.S. military official, okay, responded to a, her Facebook post, all right, and flagged her and called the local police saying, this woman is a safety concern. We're not safe with this woman around. Lieutenant Colonel Christopher Schilling of the McGuire Air Force Base in Lakehurst, New Jersey, okay, took issue with Reading's, Reading's post, which alerts parents in a local face group, uh, group for the school, saying that, why is my seven-year-old being exposed to different kind of sexualities? The kid was potty trained like two years ago. What does he know about sexuality? The virtues, one of them extolled the virtues of being polysexual. Wait, wait a second, kid's seven years old. The posters were reportedly part of safe space for all students. A create a safe space to feel good and accepted. Okay. Kids as young as nine, all right, participated in creating the posters. They're totally brainwashing a generation and breaking their fitra and destroying a whole generation. It's terrible. Okay. Well, this section of our live stream is called recreational outrage because it's just, you need to get out of your system. You see all this nonsense? Get out of your system. Okay. Chaos and control is a substack page and first reported this story. Reading slammed the elementary school's hallway display as perverse, arguing that it should be illegal to expose my kids to sexual content. Schools in a secular world teach them how to do a bunch of math, read a bunch of books, 
do some coding, learn a language. That's it. Learn some history. Okay. What are some of these posters? And this is like literally a kid's poster, if you could see this all. It's a child's, you could, just like child's like drawing cops and robbers and fire trucks and all that stuff. No, no, fire trucks in the old days. No fire trucks anymore, okay? No one's drawing fire trucks anymore. No, this is B-A gender, and it has a flag. B-Androgyne, androgen, what? Androgen. Are we supposed to, what? Androgynous. Lesbian, gender, queer, non-binary, bi. Look how many flags. Back in the old days, remember the ancient times? You studied the flag of France, the flag of Spain, the flag of Mexico, right? The flag of Canada. Now these poor kids are studying the gender fluid flag, the asexual flag, the pansexual flag, the polysexual flag, okay? The transgender flag, the bi flag, the non-binary flag, the gender queer flag, the lesbian flag, the LGBT pride flag. Are you kidding? This society is destroyed. The kids are destroyed. Huh? Where is a straight flag? Yeah, we're not included. No, we're not included. The last thing she respected was a response from a high-ranking military officer. This stuff has infiltrated the military now. Okay. That's a problem. You're supposed to be tough and all that? No. I was more than surprised. I was scared. Redding said. On, in, in, in an interview I actually pulled my kids from school the day I found out it was mind boggling and I was wor- here, not even she's got no religion this woman it's not like she's some religious thing or pulled the kid out of school okay. just fitra that's it I was worried for them when the US military comes after you for simply raising concerns about a public poster that is there for everyone to see on his personal Facebook page according to a screenshot Schilling claimed there were security concerns with Redding's post. Adding that the joint base is working with law enforcement to monitor the situation and ensure the continued safety of the entire community. He's obviously identifies with one of these flags, right? Unbelievable. Angela Redding says, I welcome respectful debate. If you read my entire post, also, the below statements are made in my capacity as a private citizen. Last night, I attended an elementary math night. My seven-year-old daughter, while reading posters at the school's main entrance, asked me, what does polysexual mean? I was livid. Why are elementary schools promoting and allowing elementary kids to research topics of sexuality and create posters? This is not the state elementary standard, nor, or the law, nor in the Board of Ed approved curriculum. It's perverse and should be illegal to expose my kids to sexual content. Look up the terms and you will see they are sexual in nature. Also, how can my young children be accepting of people who are sexually attracted to multiple genders? They don't know what sex is. Are adults talking about their sexual life with my kids and looking for affirmation? Are there elementary students engaged in polyamorous or multi-gender sexual activity who need my kids to know about it and cheer them on? I'm very confused and very angry. Kids should respect differences. Kids should show kindness to all. Kids should respect and understand their various family structures. However, kids should not be forced to learn about and accept concepts of sexuality in elementary school. Okay? My concerns do not come from a religious perspective. All right? They're rooted in longstanding, and the picture is cut off here. Okay? 
The current situation involving Miss Redding's actions has caused safety concerns for many families, he wrote. You're unsafe. Okay, the joint base. So you're unsafe if you don't believe in this charade that they're putting forth. The joint base leadership takes the situation very seriously and from the beginning have had the security forces working with multiple state and local enforcement agencies to monitor the situation. Redding, however, said her post was really moderate. I essentially said, I don't think my seven-year-old was age-appropriate to be exposed to words such as polysexual and pansexual. Okay? All right. I said that all people are deserving of love and respect. My post was very explicit about that. Still, it prompted this response. You can't win with them. You either are one of them, and you cheer them on, get your pom-poms, and cheer them on, or you're out. And straight. One white street is one way street. Okay. We have the right. Okay. It's scary that in this country, we can't have a right to speak and raise concerns about our public education system. And it's a whole board. Every single um, inch of the board, according to this other image here, is filled with this non-judgment zone. How is it a non-judgment zone when she herself is being like attacked? What about her not being, not being judged? Redding added that while she's outraged at the response to her post, she considers Schilling a bad faith actor who does not represent the U.S. military. What? What's so funny? Fourth man said, "Yeah, what is pansexual attracted to frying pans?" Go. Oh, who knows what's next? Wait till they produce robots, right? I'm telling you, people will be attracted to them. Yep. Yeah. Maybe next decade, you'll have actual decently appearing robots like in the cities especially, doing errands for people, right? I was, I was reading something yesterday about some guy in New Delhi in India, and he's like attracted to balloons or, or whatever. And he like goes on dates or whatever with balloons, and he takes pictures with them. A balloon. Actual balloons. And he takes pictures with them, poses with them. like In India. Yeah, and he's like, it's like legit, like he's like in a relationship with a balloon. <laughs> it's a clown world out there bro it is a clown world I said I don't want Homeland Security coming after me take the post down I don't want to be dealing with this I agree that the post should come down she said adding that she later contacted the police chief and reminded him of the first amendment Okay, we shouldn't be utilizing the government and government resources to pressure and our positions to pressure individuals to take down Facebook posts she said I also shared with him the post that they had already seen. There was nothing wrong. It didn't violate any law. It didn't violate any Facebook rule. The joint base confirmed to Fox News that it notified law enforcement about the social media exchange, which is common information sharing. Are you serious? That's common? That's what you're doing. You're the U.S. military, and you're busy with moms as Facebook groups. Really? Okay. Wait till you get to the WhatsApp groups then. You should see private school WhatsApp groups. Call in the National Guard at that point. The purpose of the military is to defend us against foreign enemies, not to police Facebook posts. He hopes Schilling is removed from his command tonight. All right. And so is the chief. Let's see what the comments say here.
This? Oh, the prophet's the prophet's foot size. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. Yeah, we'll put that up. It's ab- uh, it's a- absolutely absurd. The whole thing is absurd. I've been teaching since 1993, says Mrs. Smith. Never once in all those years did I mention my sexuality, sexual preference, other people's preference, etc. My job is to teach English, not to discuss personal topics. These people cannot have their own kids. They have to recruit your kids. Get it? It's very simple math. They cannot produce. They must recruit at all times. And they realize this. Right and realized that there's no solution except to recruit other people's kids. So go into the elementary school, and it's worked. Right now, listen to this parent, this this insane person, okay, who just say it as it is. It is a it's like a religious. Uh, it's no different than a religion, in that they want to teach their kids this stuff. Listen to this. So, so he knows <laughs> the kid is onto it. He's onto it that this is she's preaching it. So call it a religion. Call it what it is. It is a faith. It's a religion. It's your beliefs, right? I want my kids to be Muslim, right? But in a secular society, don't bring that stuff into the public uh, schools, right? All right. This is what. Omar wants you all to see. Here. They can see it from here. It's a good size. See, this is the imprint of the Prophet's foot. Okay. This is the imprint of the Prophet's foot. Courtesy of roomygarden.co.uk. Which we essentially have half the store in our building right now. Thanks to Australia. That is the imprint of Sayyid Al-Kawneen, salam's foot that remained... And then they made a mold, of course, of that. Time for Q&A. Monday is a long Q&A day. It's already 2.13, but it's time for Q&A. If you have any comments or questions, or you want to talk about anything. Did you see the slander of Sheikh Asrar Rashid in Turkish media? No, I did not. I did not see that. What happened to Sheikh Asrar Rashid? Why was he... Could you look that up? Um, why would they... They should like they should liked Sheikh Asrar Rashid. Asrar Rashid Turkish. Let's see what that brings up. And Omar's going to look it up at the same time. All right. No, I didn't see that. Um, Yeah, could you send us the name of the article? Oh, the secular Turks, of course. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he drank the po- he drank the poison a while back. But the thing is, he did get sick, and I, I'm I'm uh, not not glad he got sick. But it actually proved that he drank the poison, right? Because he didn't die though. He got sick, but he didn't die. But because you got to know, like, was that thing like sealed? Did they hear the seal breaking? Right? Did they see it? Did they present it? There needs to be proof that it was. I'm sure they proved that, right? But the reason that happened is that some secular people. Muslims challenged Sheikh Asra Rashid. They said, if you truly believe in the Prophet... They're Christians. They're Christians. Okay. If you truly believe in the Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam, then the Prophet said, if you say such and such a dhikr, you're immune from being poisoned. So he said the dhikr, and glug, 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 drank the poison, and then presented himself like a champ, Right? That was a great scene. But the thing is that it was like a sealed poison. Yeah. And then when he drank it, she was like, no, it's got to be fake. But it was sealed poison right there. And the thing is, he didn't die from it. He has no long-term permanent illness, but he did get a sickness, which actually to me is good because it proves that he actually drank something that shouldn't humans shouldn't be drinking. But you challenge... All right, here. Originally, it started off with him challenging them because I think, like, you know the verse in the Bible where it says that Mubahala? he drank poison oh, yeah. and whatever, uh, that the be- true believer will not be hurt or whatever. Okay. Um, and then th- they didn't basically denied. They said, nah, but they flipped it on him. They're like, no, but the Prophet said, your Prophet said this. Yeah. And so why don't you drink it? Yeah. And he's like, all right, drank it. Wow. And he went for a second sip. That's the crazy part. And yeah. they were like telling him to stop. <laughs> wow, subhanAllah. SubhanAllah. I wish I had the whole thing. I'm, I'm sure we can get the whole thing. Good. Yeah. Othman says, in the early 2010s, how did it feel being one of the only people talking about this? Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you what happened in the early 2010s. The Muslims had gone full in with the Democrats because the the bad guy at the time were the Republicans, George Bush, going after the Muslims hard. They made our life miserable, right? So Muslims went in with the Democrats and, and all that. And then I began to see the first sign of it was that Muslims were coming together on the basis of identity as a Muslim, not Islam. And you started seeing people that at these MSA events, I'd go to these MSA events, and it was packed. There were people there. But there was no, you, even Imam Zaid at one point, he said, sometimes you can't tell if it's a Muslim gathering, Right? Like the Islam element of things, right? The Islam part of things was not there. It was Muslim of ident- Muslim identity. And you started to see that those lines, that what Islam is and the belief aspect was void of the gatherings. Um, and then slowly, many things started to just go by the wayside. Liberalization of the community, right? Because that, it was an identity, that was the number one feature that I remember talking to Osama Cannon about this. And he said some of these events are getting bizarre, right? And he was trying to cater to it and try to guide them to some kind of belief and fiqh and everything. But it's like they love Islam. They love being Muslim. Uh, they love being Muslim, I should say. But the Islam aspect of it just is not there. And that's the part that we saw a lot of that was a trend. And then it became... Um, Something where uh, it was around, I was at Trinity College and I was seeing a lot of this. And the first thing that, that always came up is that 
to- we have to be tolerant of everybody because we want everyone to be tolerant of us. It was this fear attitude, this fear. It's like, don't, these are our allies. These are the people taking us in. Don't say anything because we, want, we need them to take us in. And then it was a very, uh, it was a time where you were like, it was, you were alone. Nobody was railing on liberalism in 2011, 2012. Nobody. There was no Daniel Hakikachu. There was no movement like that at all, right? There was nothing like that. It, now it's mainstream. I mean, Fox News is against liberal. Everyone's, uh, it's not the group that you want to be involved with, right? But it's, it's out there. Regular people are worried about this, like this poor mother here, who's not even from a religious perspective. Chris Rock makes fun of these guys now, right? Chris Rock, he's, <laughs> I mean, listen to this joke from Chris Rock. I love this joke, actually. Listen to this joke that Chris Rock recently made about gay weddings. Right. Okay, I don't know if you can. It's loud enough. Did you guys hear that? All right, the woke. Listen to this one. I'll tell you where I, where I got caught off guard was how I'll t- a lot of people got caught off guard in the 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 way of speaking, okay, a way of talking. Uh, no, Rothman, uh, he's Rothman is like ris- risky playing Chris Rock on a live stream. No, I I knew which part <laughs> we cri- cl- clipped out there, All right? As every other word is going to be the f word with it, with this guy. But that there was a way of speaking and there was a way of talking that immediately made you feel like you were some kind of criminal for just believing what you believe. That you were the reason that people are traumatized. That you're the reason that, that you're guilty of something. And you walk away from these interactions wondering, wait a second, what am I guilty of? Why? What is this? What's going on here? How, how did we have this, this regular conversation? You walk away feeling extremely guilty. And then it, it took me a while to get my head around this, right? That it's an it's a, uh, identity movement where your identity is why you're guilty. Your identity is what's traumatizing. And that really kicked off the, the instinct that something's wrong here. It's more of an instinct than anything else. It's something's... T- there's no reason for me to feel guilty after this interaction. I did nothing wrong with this person, right? And it's not just me. It's many others, too. So it was a lonely time uh, going after this stuff. And now I think it's, it's out there, but also they're far stronger and far weirder, too. The left has become far stronger and far weirder at the same time. And they've infiltrated... Um, here, the military 
in, the, in New Jersey, a, a high-ranking military officer. Okay. Let's take a question here by Art by Fatima. Can we make salawats or dhikr during a khutbah? No. Th- listen to this very closely. And hey, Omar, spread this to your friends and everybody. In a dars, there should be no dhikr. Nobody should be making, making tasbih, doing awrad, doing adhkar during a dars. You are either in a dars or you are doing dhikr. You did not combine the two. Okay? I'll tell you when you can combine the two is when you're listening to a YouTube video. That's just a general story. No problem. But if you are in a dars, if you are in a class, Dar al-Fatih students, any students of knowledge, do not make dhikr while the teacher is giving you a dars. You are neither respecting the dhikr, nor are you respecting the khutbah, nor respecting the dars, nor respecting anything. Okay, And you're not benefiting from either one. So do not do your adhkar during a dars. Anam Lodi is here. She says that the schools are messed up. I remember teaching this girl who was transitioning into a boy. She was in an all-girls school and was a Muslim. Okay, Daydream of Autumn says, wait, what? And she wants to know, like, well, did you now go to the girls' school, right? And Othman is like, back in those days, did people say you're crying wolf? Yes, they did. They said, it's not that bad, right? It's not a big deal. I'm telling you, a lot of people talk like that. Tons of people. Tons of people said, why are you going off on this? And I'm telling you, it's not like I went off on this on some study. It was an instinct that something's terribly wrong with that, this group. And, and our community is letting them in. Not, not the LGBTQ itself, but the mentality of tolerance. We've, we bought into a type of tolerance that, yeah, we have tolerance in Islam, but it's within a measure. We don't have a, we would not, within ourselves, negate our own belief. Tolerance that, yeah, I have to live next to people. I have to live civilly with human beings. No problem, right? But uh, in my belief system, my belief system has got to be straight lines. I, I need clear lines on what I believe and what I don't believe, right? So a lot of people said, yo, enough talking about this. And now, I don't know, hardly, like, maybe here on the, in, 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 in recreational outreach, outrage segment, we talk about it. But I don't need to post about so much about it anymore. Everyone else is posting about it. So. Yeah, that's how it is. Go listen to the, to the podcast, the Safina Society podcast, early on. And there was no one. We were considered like the most, you know, edge of things. And now we're not even that. Her parents don't support her, she says. But the school protects LGBT kids and encourages this behavior. Pull the kids out of the school. Okay. She was 15 or 16 years old and the parents can't do anything about it. Insane. The parents, you got to control your this situation and get your kids out of the grasp 8 hours a day and then you want well you're guilty. How's that? You are guilty. You put your kids with those people for 8 hours a day. What do you expect is going to happen? Their kids are going to become that. Simple as that. Okay. That's how simple it is. What is the best dua for forgiveness? La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu minad dhalimin. Melody says, I had a very confused elderly patient last night. I introduced myself and he immediately asked, but who are you and who sent you? Um, when you're with the elderly, 
when you're with the elderly. It puts you in the in the end of life, afterlife mode. And I think it's actually very good for a person, but it's scary too. Okay. Juice in 2025, we finna have nuns, non-binary nuns in Catholic seminaries. <laughs> like, what does Finland have to do with this? We're gonna. Uh, what? That's like a... We're fitting to? That's probably where it came from. Okay. Yeah. Sophia had a question that I missed. All right. Nazifa says, does vomiting break the fast? Intentional vomiting breaks the fast. Is the multiverse real? No, it is merely a theory. Okay. Um... Mass Q says that um, that Sheikh Asrar Rashid debated that annoying Hatun, who is a snake. Huh? Oh, okay. No, England is something else, man. England is something else. Will you ever take a group for Umrah? Yes, we are planned for it for next year. Okay. The news media said that Sheikh Asrar passed away when he drank the poison. It's not true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. We never answered the question. What is the textual proof that the prophets are sinless in the Quran? Very simple answer to that is we are that Quran forbids us from disobeying Allah and simultaneously commands us to follow the Prophet. And therefore, the, everything that comes from the Prophet ﷺ, that is a religious teaching for us to do and imitating everything he do even if he did not make it a sunnah or a rewardable action will never be disobedience to Allah it will be obedience to Allah because Allah will not say don't disobey me and then command us to follow someone who's neutral no, everything the Prophet does is pleasing to Allah because of this statement alright, what's the ruling on the Madikis and the knees in terms of the aura? It is forbidden to show your aura. Uh, the, it is the top of the knee. Some have said that there is some forgiveness on a little bit above the knee. But the general opinion still is that it is forbidden to show your aura, which is what is above the knee. And so when I see, let's say, Muslim soccer teams, they should not, let's say high school teams, Islamic schools, they shouldn't show the knee in basketball, whatever. Uh, uh, sorry, they, shouldn't, they can show the knee. But they shouldn't have shorts that are far above the knee. The whole thigh is showing, right? This is makru. Uh, this is haram to show. Your salah will not be invalid, but that doesn't mean it's halal. You can do something haram in salah, and your salah remains valid, right? Like I can steal your thobe and pray in it. My salah is valid, but the stealing of the thobe is haram. There was a ladies' dance yesterday after dance. I realized many Desi ladies are not too practicing, and they had a bitter experience with a qari. That's terrible, and that is true. But that's mutawatir. Omar, did you? Uh, yeah, he, he he got hit. Yeah, he's gonna keep that in mind. No, that's not good. Man. That's not good. Now, the way that the way that they the uh, the, the association has reached a level of tawatir. 
right? Tawatur meaning like everyone talks about it. It's it's an epidemic uh, that the Quran teachers are mean to the kids. That's not good at all. Um, two second time out. Uh, Omar, if you want to talk, you want to read something. Uh, read questions. Um, read anything. And uh, actually, why don't you have Uthman? Uh, maybe I think he's got some still. Yeah, yeah. Talking about the multiverse. Getting interesting interesting in the chat. Nice. Tamari saying the three case fifty percent quality with the Faha being a lot better shape. Hundred percent. That's that's facts. Nothing but facts. I still don't understand the Sheikh Asrar uh, rumors. Makes no sense. This mic is definitely um Dr. Shad is taking a break. It's Omar with an O. Yeah, I don't know why this mic is um super low. Let's see what else. Dr. Shad is taking a break really uh, really quickly. People have gotten into real fights over the flat earth issue. Yeah, I don't I don't get the flat earth stuff. I think I've um <coughs> had some debates with like flat earthers. And it's impossible to get through like to them. Like seriously, these people are just—it's just ignorance. Dr. Bin Baz believes that the Earth is flat. Um, anyway, <laughs> people have gotten. Uh, hold on, yeah, Osman, if you wanna um, answer the Maliki stuff, that's your expertise. His mic is very, um, definitely very, 
some settings are messed up. Yeah, maybe if you're talking from the Hanafi standpoint, then it's a different story, but vocals are there. Dr. Shadi answered that, but definitely do a lot of uh, Quran. Uh, personally, I would say read a lot of Quran in Ramadan. Definitely attach yourself to the Quran. Uh, read as much as you can. Brush up on Hifz uh, if you have any Quran memorized. Memorize more Quran. Um, yeah, just focus on the Quran. Definitely. Sheikh is Egyptian. It's in his <laughs> Al Masri. So, yeah, definitely MJ Steele. Um, Come come through. Uh, this weekend, I'm not too sure. Someone once said because of Zul Quranani and East to West, it means the world is flat. Never heard that. I don't I don't see that as a valid interpretation. But from what you're saying, so you prefer escaping North Korea and swimming across the ocean at night, trying to stay hidden from the guards. <laughs> juice, is, juice is like bringing up the most. I mean. Uh, Impossible scenario, but let's see. Pass it very fast. <laughs> I have no idea. That that's a strange scenario you're giving. Scenario. Juice like too much juice. Yeah, for sure. Vocals are low. If I had like a muffin to read, I would do that. But what can happen if he wants to come to the cab to NBC? You can say meet my wife. If you stand there, I would ask Sheikh about that, but it's just the way it is now. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, the, what this is about. Um, North Korean survivor. What is the best? What's going on? Just, uh, just conversations in the chat. <laughs> just random stuff. Um, talking about Babi Hamid at. NBIC. About what? Lobby uh, Hamid at NBIC. Someone was uh, bringing that up. And kind of had a question about that. And then what else? <laughs> Not much. It's, it's really just uh, conversations. Should we give dawah to people in our dreams? Look at this. Black seed oil. How do you eat it? Or drink it? Or whatever. Harris Rashid, you should give dawah to, if it's a guy, if it's a woman, then, that he sees someone in a dream, should he give him dawah? Do I just eat it like, just have it like this? Okay. It's a strong flavor, but it's not bad. North Korean survivor, I seen a day. On YouTube, saying that if Muslims see other Muslims committing sin in public, they should be confronted and shamed. Well, technically the ruling is that if he's not trying to... Uh, if he is not trying to um, hide his sins, right? Then that's different if he's trying to hide it. Like he's publicly, but oh, he's like in public, but maybe smoking something, but then trying to stay away from 
view, that's one thing. If he is shamelessly doing it, then yeah, we don't. Uh, he, he he has lost the rights of us protecting his privacy. He publicized, and it should be ashamed for that. MM four ninety eight. I'm confused. MBIC saying they are not serving Zabiha food. Who said that? We always serve the biha food. It is not the biha by Hanafi standards, probably. It's the biha by Shafi and Maliki standards. I'm just telling you right now, if it's like because some of that, the the not all the restaurants that are vendors are by the Hanafi standard. No, uh, of of hand slaughter. Some of them are machine slaughtered, right? And which is uh, valid for us to consume. But MM498, I'm interested, where did you see that? Where did you see that at all? Today, should we take care of ourselves or should we care about others? No, you got to care about others. You have to. But only those who are open to be cared about. Doesn't it make sense for there to be multiple worlds? It's not about sense. It's about does it exist or not? Is there evidence for them existing or not? Okay. If we meet someone from another universe, do we give them dawah? All right, show me that you met someone from another universe first, then we could discuss about the dawah. What's the best deed to do in Ramadan? Recite the Quran. If someone tells you he is a Sufi and you need to give bayat to tell bayat, tell him. This is the parting between me and you, says Sheikh Sadiq ibn Sidna. This is a comment from Dino Palavra. What, what world are you in telling people to who to give bayat to? That's absurd. Right? The people, they have a leaning towards a sheikh. That's their, that's their personal preference. But we don't go promoting that and telling people who to follow and who not to follow. Why do Madikis and Shia pray similar? You can go to safinasadi.org forward slash S-A-D-L. Sadl. Safinasadi.org forward slash S-A-D-L. And you'll see all the narrations of the Sahaba having prayed Sadl. And why is it that, uh, the, what is the Madiki understanding of Qabd? We do have Qabd in the Madhab. Qabd, clasping the hands. We consider it a Rukhsa. In nafila, not a sunnah in farida. Makruh in farida, sunnah in nafila. Okay. Omar, they want to know if you spell it with a U or an O. It's an O. Arab style. Yeah. Spanish. Okay, um, your mic was low, I guess. The volume was low, that's what they're saying. You could just raise the volume from the thingy. What's the best Sira book in your recommendation? Still, in terms of effect on you, the, the, the best written book, in my view, is still Martin Link's, although there are some errors in it. Uh, can you differ, explain the difference when you said Han, uh, the, the Bihaf, according to Hanafi standards or Madiki and Shafi standards, and the Hanafi adds a standard that it must, the, uh, what they call the ittisal, the connection between the knife and the, 
the hand and the animal. I guess they call it itisad. That's what they told me it's called, itisad. I don't know if that's universally in all the books of their law, but essentially, hand slaughtered. It must be hand slaughtered in the Hanafi school. The Shafi'is and Maliki scholars have permitted the use of a large machine, provided that the actual dibiha gets done. Okay, that the the dibiha actually gets done. Because the issue with these machine, these factories, when they cite the the problem with the factories is that the slaughtering doesn't actually get done. That would be a problem for us too. If they slaughtered a thousand chickens, and they say, "Oh, by the way, there's a two percent chance that a a chicken would wiggle." And it wouldn't get slaughtered. So that means out of a thousand, there's 20 chickens that died not by the slaughter. They died by being sliced on the forehead or sliced in some other way and bled to death. The whole thousand have to be thrown out. We can't eat any of that. We have to have certainty that the animal neck was slaughtered, uh, was cut. And that, that's how it died. So that's one aspect. Okay. So. You got uh, the. That's why we need Sharia board and J. Othman, when you get back, we're going to do this. Sharia board and J to to pick up the phone and call the suppliers on a regular basis every few months. Hey, and we believe them, and we can go visit them, right? Hey, I want to make sure that there's a Muslim standing at the area, sitting there, just sitting there. If something wrong happens, he takes it off. And I talked to a guy named Sadiq, and he told me that I'm due to call him again, right? To make sure that he he services Oasis, like his fact his slaughterhouse. One of their their buyers is Oasis, which we find in Shoprite. Okay, that's a chicken that most people get around here. All right, so we got to make sure that it was cut like that. And sometimes in the halal restaurant, they will show you that it was cut like that for the Madikia. And I. I'm like 90% sure the chef ate too. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% sure because I talked to some chefs. Okay. That it does not matter if the person held the knife like this or the machine essentially is a long knife at the end of the room and he select, cuts it. What's the difference? It's the same thing. You push the button. The Hanaf have another issue. There must be a besmala on every animal. Okay. So the hand slaughtered factories, by the way, if you go hand slaughtered, you're, you, it's better. There's no doubt about it. I just can't say it's the only way it's halal. We can't uh, say something that's not true. So if I see something hand-slaughtered, I'm 100% satisfied with it because it's far from any doubts, okay? Not to say that the machine has doubts, but if you if you didn't check, you have to check. There, there needs to be a fad kifaya to have an eye on these people running these operations. So then the second issue is the, about, by the way, I was going to say, the, the hand slaughter factories also use a machine to move the chickens. But there's a human there, slice, 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 slice. And a Hanafi fiqh requires the basmala on every animal. For firstly, in the Shafi school, the basmala is a sunnah in the first place, right? If, there's, if no one does the basmala all day, it's still halal for you to eat, right? As long as he, he did not purposely leave off the basmala. Now let's go on the, on the Maliki fiqh. Uh, allows for a bismillah for the whole group. Bismillah on all these chickens. Why? Because there's a haraj to say bismillah on every single animal, right? And that haraj is present in hunting too, right? So when I'm hunting and I see a flock of birds, I say one bismillah. I don't even know which bird is going to get hit. If I take my animal 
a hunting dog and I release him, I say Bismillah on whatever he catches. And I'm not assigning a specific animal. Why? Because it's impossible. You can't, in, in farming, we don't have that problem with farm animals. We see the animal and it's domesticated and it's going to follow you, right? And you can have control over it. Where you don't have control, therefore the Bismillah is on whatever is slaughtered. So that's the concept. So uh, that's, uh, let's see what, what, what was Othman saying about this. He's, I saw him commenting. Okay, good. Galore does hand slaughter. Right? Can you, can you give an example? Can an example be given regarding the best way to spend your whole day and night in Ramadan? Good question. A day and night in the month of Ramadan. Let's start with suhoor. You want to have suhoor. Um, you want to calculate in your suhoor backwards 15 minutes from fajr. That means you stop 15 minutes before fajr. That's called imsek. That 15 minutes should be salah and dua. Now, which fajr? I go with 18 degrees because that's 100%. It's not, it, it's, it's about the fast and your tahajj. 18 degrees. Okay. That's what I would personally go with. The masajid all go by 15 degrees. When we go to the masjid, we don't go around telling people 18 degrees and start causing a confusion. If you are an 18 degreeser, excuse yourself from eating without creating a confusion for the ummah because 15 degrees has its basis, has its people behind it. Right? So don't cause a confusion in the masjid. 18 degrees, all right, minus 15 minutes, then it's going to take you 30 minutes to eat suhoor. Like, you don't even want to eat too much because you're going to be upset if you have that much food at that hour of the day. But you have to have a lot of water and you have your suhoor. I'm not going to get into what suhoor. You can ask a nutritionist what's the best suhoor to have. You pray to Hajjud and you make strong dua for what is it that you are seeking from your Creator. And everyone should have a long list. And you should have ambitious prayers with your creator. Now, when you get up in the morning, the best thing to do is move your body. Whether that's taking a long walk, whether that's getting on a treadmill, get the blood going. That blood flow is extremely important to get going right away. And get your body used to movement without food and water. So any light uh, exercise that you're going to do. In the daytime... You want to decrease from lahu, and you have to have one word of reciting the Qur'an. At least some portion of reciting the Qur'an every day. Right before suhoor is usually not the time of taking a nap, but in Ramadan it's, accept, it's okay to take a, a, a light nap right before, especially if you worked throughout the day. End of the day, you're out of gas. Take a short nap. Nothing wrong with that. Now, what I, I don't encourage is these long one-hour sleeps in the middle of the day. It messes you up. You need 10, 15, 20 minutes max. 30 minutes max. On the couch, not in the bed. And then, when you break your fast, you want to make sure you capitalize on that prayer again, that supplication and that dua again. From the event until the time you break your fast. The moment you break, it's going to be like a very short period of time. But that dua right there is very powerful. You pray what you pray of, 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 of tarawih. Well, I keep it simple. Very simple routines, right? 
But I highly recommend that activity in the daytime so that you don't become slothful and that day doesn't, be, doesn't collapse into just doing nothing all day and then eating all night. That's, keep it simple. Not difficult. Okay. Okay. My wife's cousin, she's a girl, is getting married to a non-Muslim. It's not a marriage then. It's just, I'm sorry to say, but it's zina. Um, I'm not going. Do I prevent my wife from going? Wait, your wife is going to go celebrate zina? That's not a wedding. That's a celebration. I'm sorry to tell you this. But I hate to be the bearer of such bad news, but I have to say it is a celebration of zina. And it would be forbidden to go to that. It, it, that is not the breaking of family ties. You are forbidden by Allah to go for, to that. That would not be considered a breaking of family ties. Was the quail, says Muslim Ahmed, uh, sent down to the Bani Israel from Jannah? And what do you think about quail in general? Yes, that's what they say, simen. It was, that's the bird that they were, was made to fly over them. And then they hunt it, or I'm 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 using a gun motion, but obviously they didn't do that. They probably used arrows or something, or maybe the quail came down on the ground and they got it and slaughtered it and ate it. Okay. Um, because uh, they're so small, right? So tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, MJ Seal says, I don't know, to be honest, can answer. I learned from my teacher, the one who knows Quran by Tajweed has the right to lead the prayer before the one who doesn't. That's correct. Of course, the Tajweed is more important than the Hifth, and Fiqh is more important than Hifth, too. Tajweed is not obligatory to make your prayer valid, provided that your error in Salah is not so blatant that it does no longer sounds like Arabic. Yep. Okay. The Shafi'iyah says the tajweed of Fatiha is fart, and it's sufficient that you recite in tajweed. You don't have to know the rules of tajweed. Like, you don't know, you need to name the rules of tajweed, but you just need to... Um, to uh, to recite it in Tajweed. Sophia Easy says, some girls told me they think Islam benefits men and that's why so many men are misogynistic. Um, I think Islam benefits women too. Um, Victoria's Secret, Playboy, OnlyFans, these were things not made by Muslim men. Uh, these things were made by non-Muslim men. And the, just the notion of making these judgments is sort of silly to be quite honest with you just like a broad judgment on all non-muslim men all muslim men uh why are muslim men allowed to be intimate with their maids even if they're not married these weren't maids they were prisoners of war right but you're also asking about something that existed in an era of tribes attacking tribes nations attacking nations at all times and you're at, that's something like, when was the last time you ever saw something like that? That's something that existed for that time period. Well, they weren't maids. They're, that's prisoners of, of war. Slavery is a function of war. These people were trying to kill you, 
right? And whoever was captured at that time is captured, right? And there were no jails. So the soldiers became the wardens. Your home, part of your home is a jail. You take two people, you take two people, you take two people. There were no mass jails. So that's the function of slavery. Slavery is a function of war. It came out of that. These are prisoners of war that were put into people's homes. Um, so, uh, but where is that today? Like, where is anyone doing any of that today? So how is it in, uh, a decision-making factor, right? How is that a decision-making factor in who I'm going to marry? So these bl- blanket guilt things and these blanket um, accusations, all right, go, uh, I can't, I'm not going to fight you, the, someone who thinks all that. Think what you want. Uh, I'm not going to be put on the def- defensive for a whole population of four billion guys. Imagine someone made a blanket judgment on four million women, four billion women. How absurd would that would be? So obviously it's not the questioner. She's just saying she knows somebody who said that. Is it permissible to make double intention for tarawih to be qada? No, you cannot. Qada is qada. Firstly, if you owe qada, you don't pray tarawih. You can go to the masjid, go to the side, and pray your qada there. If you owe qada, you don't pray tarawih. Right? If I can't pray tarawih, but I have to do qada, how do I do that? Go to the masjid, go to the back, go to the side. So you'll be with the Muslims, right? Before, after, you'll see each other. Before the salah, after the salah, pray Aisha with them. But you're praying your qada. If someone asks you, Tell them, I'm praying qada, right? Someone says, oh, just join in and double the intention. Say, no, the intention of the imam and the intention of the muqtadi must be the same, okay? Secondly, are you going to pray like 10 fajrs? No, you gotta, you're praying in order, right? Fajr, duhr, as, maghrib, fajr, duhr, as, maghrib, That's how you pray qada, okay? Who was Maria al-Qibtiya? She was a prisoner of, she was a slave, given to the Prophet ﷺ, whom he then freed and married. Juice says, circumstantial questions, and we cannot fall into being reductionist, anarchic. Thank you, it's reductionistic, it's anarchic, right? Listen, if you fell in love with a white guy, just say you fell in love with a white guy. That's what it is. Let's not, like, that's really probably what it is. Just say you fell in love with a white guy. Try to give the guy take shahada, but don't come with a, a big narrative, a big story about four billion guys, right? And if you don't like Muslim men because of their sharia, go look at no sharia and how what that does to women. Go look at no law and what it does to women. Sophia says, no lahu, should I stop watching NBF because it's entertainment? Inshallah, this is a non-Lahwi entertainment. Muslim Ahmed says, a friend of mine says, he only follows what the majority of the madhab agree on. So what do I say to him? Ask him, have you ever seen a scholar do that? Right? Let's line up all the madhabs and see what the dominant opinion is. All right, you want to do that? Do that. But have you ever seen a scholar do that? And why? Why or why not? Have you ever seen a community based upon that? Like you go to some communities, they're Hanafis. You go to some countries, they're Shafis, etc. Right? (sighs) 
you're putting yourself as a judge over these madhahib. And that is not a, an usul. What is the usul there? There's, that's not a methodology. However, your ibadah will be valid. So if that's what floats your boat, right? it's not the methodology that anyone will observe. But um, your, your ibadah will be valid. I can't say it won't be valid. Okay. But you are not a judge over the madhahib. And that is not a methodology that you can develop students with. Right, because there's no such usul. Right. Question says, "What's the most important Islamic science subject and secular science?" Well, I think the most important secular science I would have to say is coding these days. But then again, AI is probably going to take over. Right. You probably won't need to code anymore. You just edit the the the, the results. Okay. Um. Do we have to pray qada for witzer? No. What if you have a daily qada quota? Can you then join in tarawih? Some have given a fatwa for that, but I'm not a fan of it. Okay. Some have given a fatwa for that, yes. But I, I said, what's the point? What is the point? Spend that time doing your qada. That guy says, I skipped his question. What's his question? Abdul Hadi says, if I tell someone I'm praying qada, doesn't that reveal your sins? Uh, maybe, maybe not, because a lot of people have pasts. And also, if they think that you're, you're ignorant and you don't know how to pray tarawih and you don't know what you're doing, that may be another issue. So you might want to just uh, get that out of the way. I don't necessarily think it's like uh, always uh, uh, revealing your sins. Do angels have gender? From what I know, the angels do not have gender. They don't marry, they don't give birth, but they may exhibit different qualities. Okay? They may exhibit feminine qualities, they may exhibit masculine qualities, but they do not have a gender the way we have a gender. Okay. At Masjid, says that guy, short ta'aleem after fajr, I do a wird after fajr, do I stop and move into the circle, then continue after? Yes, sit in the halaqa of ilm, then recite your wird afterwards. Okay. What about the hadith of not moving? If you are moving to the halaqa of ilm, that's not the movement that breaks your um, ishraq, the ibadah of ishraq. Okay. If I'm praying tarawih on my own, can I pray in units of four? If you are a Hanafi, yes. For the Shafi'iyya and the Malikiyya, If you're traveling, can you shorten up, shorten the makeup prayers? No, you, you make up your qada as you miss them, right? So if you are traveling half the time in your life that you weren't praying, then half of your qada will be shortened. But if you're like, ah, I, don't, I don't know, I'm just going to pray them all in full because I can't calculate, then when you travel, you owe the qada in full too. If you pray, if you do qada while you're traveling, that is. Then you would pray them in full. <clears throat> Sophia says, My little one is ear, has an ear infection. Allah give her a shifa. And also, 
Triple H asked for our prayers. May Allah make life easy for Triple H. Okay. May Allah make life easy for you. Uh, and recite, Rabbi Shrahli Sadri wa Yassirli Amri 100 times a day. What is Bay'ah? Bay'ah should not be even a discussion we're having here. Bay'ah is a legal agreement that the Shaykh will make himself accessible to you, but you have to listen to him, otherwise, you're wasting his time. You must obey him. Okay? That's, that's what it is. Dean says, You mentioned if a dream is symbolic, it could be a true dream, and if a dream doesn't have symbolism, it's from the nafs. There's only how does a true dream appear to the prof- of the Prophet wasallam? No. Uh, it, yes, the majority of dreams are symbolic. There are a, categ- a sliver, a tiny category of dreams that are exactly as they are. Okay, so you, you exactly as they are. And then those dreams uh, are also true. And the Prophet wasallam mentioned those types of dreams that they came to him. Kafalaq subh meaning that he would see something next day, he would see it right away. It would happen. What's what is the movement that breaks the Ishraq? It is movement for worldly purposes or breaking wudu, going to the bathroom, anything non of the deen. But going to get a mushaf, going to a halqah does not break the movement. Does Tawbah suffice for someone who missed a lifetime of fasting? No, they have to make it up. But make it up in a schedule. You make it like every Monday I'm fasting, right? Or whatever whatever system you want to create for yourself. But you, you are obligated to come up with a, a system um, and to make them up. Don't forget, you may even have kafara, which is a, probably a lot of money, and you will treat that like a mortgage, Muhammad Ali says, what would you advise for a brother in a toxic marriage but stop short of divorce for the sake of his children? How much sabr is too much? So you, you should probably visit a counselor for this, a specialist that you can disclose the situation because some situations are worthy of having sabr for and some are not. Um, I would have to say that um, the situation where a person's foundations are good but are going through a rough patch is something worth being having patience with whereas if the foundation's shaken up like no longer no longer has the same values and beliefs that's where you have to draw the line so you have to draw a line for yourself and say this here are the things that are non-negotiable in life right you put a line here are the things that i will not like but i i it's I put up, I'll have to fight through it, right? You'd have to make that distinction yourself. The Quran condemns Quraysh for claiming that the angels are daughters of Allah. So that means they don't have genders. That's correct. Yeah, that is correct. Well, even they could have genders, but they're not the daughters of Allah. There's a difference, right? Like we say, we condemn the concept that Jesus is the son of God, but Jesus is a male. Um, hey, uh, Omar, do you know how to upload to, to Spotify? You have to download, ask Ryan real quick to leave you a voicemail of how to do it. Yeah. Or Noah, Noah, 
You know Noah? You have his number? I'll have to give you his number. Symbolism of the black dog in the gym. Could be shaitan. Could be the nafs. Amara besu. From below you. It could be someone below you in some kind of rank, like the rank at work or something like that. Could you explain naskh, says Alishba. Okay. Alishba, what is naskh? Naskh is as follows. The Quran, unlike every other prophet, the Messenger of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Received the Quran, Munajjaman, which means in parts. The verses came down every day or every other day. And the verses came in gradation, guiding this community from their darknesses to where Allah would, wants them to be. And therefore, it came gradually. So, Certain things were forbidden or obligated and then reduced to recommended. Other things were permitted and then made forbidden. In a gradation that suited the human nature. Abrogation means that the verse was it could the verse may have been revealed and then no longer recited. When it was abrogated, it was no longer recited. So it, the Prophet recited it for some period of time. Then Sayyidina Jibreel came and announced to the Prophet, no longer recite this verse from the Qur'an. It's the word of Allah, but it's no longer recited in the Qur'an. And there are a number of ayahs like that. We know that from the books of Tafsir. Number two, it could be that the verse was recited, but a new verse came to override that verse. Okay, And this forced the Muslims to need scholars. To rely upon scholars. And that's your summary of abrogation. Okay? That's a summary of what abrogation is, the, the 60 second summary. King Barney says, How do you know the difference between your nafs and shaitan? Shaitan comes and he whispers to you any disobedience. He wants you to disobey Allah in any way. He'll just keep firing darts at you. Okay? And see what sticks. Once something sticks, he knows you like it. Or you may like it or may not. He tried to get you to do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Until you become addicted to it. Once you become addicted to it, he's done. He's franchised you. All right? You're doing the job for him. All he has to do now is instigate you to do that. And you become an addict. Now, once you're addicted to something, you should know that's your nafs. Addictions may have been started with Iblis, with Shaitan, but they're from the nafs. The nafs likes it. The nafs finds it a release in that. The nafs find a, uh, 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 it's dissatisfied. You're dissatisfied. The addiction makes you, is something that um, relieves that pressure or makes you, gives you a high or a happiness because you're deep down, you're unhappy about something. And that's what an addiction is. And that's the relationship between shaitan and addictions. He may have started it, right? He starts it off. But eventually the addiction is what gets you. And that's the this, this sad part of it. And addictions, always keep this in mind. The goal of addiction is to get you to lose hope in Allah. Because addictions are 10, 15, 20, 25 year journeys. Wars, I should say. A war that lasts that long can make people faithless. Because they're like, I asked Allah so many times and he hasn't released this dog from me. He hasn't helped me. 
that's that what shaitan, what shaitan will tell you in the future. So the the small there are two levels of 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 shayateen. The small shaitan they just want you to get some sins to finally get you addicted to something. After you start becoming hopeless, then the big shaitan comes and he starts putting theological poisons. Allah doesn't help you. Allah can't help you. Nothing can help you. Right? Once you start losing faith in the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you you have no belief. You can still be a Muslim, but you actually internally believe it's not possible. Right? That is a loss. The pillar of a divine power is gone from you. So what the addict needs to do, I'm not saying this brother's an addict, I'm just saying what the question, the expanding on it. What you need to do is always believe in the qudra, the power, the ability, the strength of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by always saying, Ya Qadir, Ya Muqtadir. And this addiction is here to test my persistence, my sabr, okay? my, my uh, belief. Every time you fall into it, you make a tawbah. Ibn uh, Ata'illah says, you always tell yourself, everything that has a beginning must have an end. This addiction had a beginning, it will have an end. You have to believe that. It takes a lot of iman to fight a battle for 10, 15, 20 years, 5 years. It takes a lot of faith. And you will be rewarded for that faith. When the addiction is over, you don't just go to neutral. That's the beauty of it. When you get over an addiction, you don't just all right, get back to zero. Like being in debt, paying my debt, paying my debt, paying my debt. What's the reward at the end of paying your debt? Is you're at zero, right? No debt. Not with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you keep fighting back, fighting back. You never gave up for 15 years, for 20 years, for 25. You live with that misery of falling into these sins and facing the consequence of those sins. And the fear of being exposed for many people. Or the fear of ultimate disaster for many people. And you fought through that. Iman and wihtisaban with iman in Allah and seeking, knowing that one day his help will come, the reward for that is going to be immense. It's, you're not going to just be at zero, at neutral. You'll be far beyond neutral. You'll be at a reward that you cannot fathom for having that sabr and that, and that waiting. Okay. Lily and Minnie are talking. Um, what is the question that Lily and Minnie are, are discussing? Mini star, can we make dua looking up to the sky? Not only can you, it is recommended. And to say, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. While looking up at the sky, your dua will be mustajab. What about hum being humble and looking down? That too. Both are wadded from the sunnah. What is the benefit of saying, Ya Qawiyu, Ya Aziz? Yes, it's it's negating yaqawiyya aziz means strong and majestic it's negating what shaitan ultimately wants from you with addictions which is he wants you to lose hope that's what iblis wants there are two levels of shaitan one just to cloudy your heart and to get you addicted to something the second level is to uh so the the higher up shayateen is to put see, sow the seeds of doubt about allah's power once someone loses faith in Allah's power, he has lost faith in Allah. Even if he says he's a Muslim, it says, La ilaha illallah a hundred times. When someone, one time a brother came to me weeping with an addiction. I said, do you believe that Allah can remove this sin from you 
by simply the utterance of kun fayakun, faster than kun fayakun. And he looked at me and he said, no. I said, that's your issue. Believe that and then come back, right? He began to work on that iman, okay? Then if he's capable, then he's not doing it for a reason. It's to test your persistence. We need to be dogged people in this life. If we're going to get through this fitna of what we're living in, this is a time of fitna. This is not an easy time. We need to be dogged. We need to stick to what is the muwatta, the ma'lum min ad-deen, the the known fiqh, the established sunnah, and not some far off fatawa. So you need to stick to that. Why? Because if you stick to that, you'll find brotherhood and sisterhood all over the world. If you go off on your own, like oh, uh, this guy that they always talk about, Gamdi, he's got his own world. He created his own Islam, right? You go anywhere else in the world, nobody believes what he believes, right? So stick to what is known, what is the ancient texts are upon, and, and what the majority of imams are upon, and fuqaha and scholars are upon. So that wherever you go in the world, you identify with one another. You have a community. So sticking together in a jama'ah is so critical. The local masajid. Okay. Not being so picky. Oh, I don't go to this masjid because they do this one little thing wrong. They do that. Yes, they may have mistakes. We all have mistakes. Have sabr. As long as the mistake is not on a qat'i matter. Okay. Qat'iyat. That make you a sect. You're now a sect. That's when you differ. There's no interpretation on qat'iyat. There's only deviation. Qat'i means explicit, has no other explanation. Okay? You, 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 you reinterpret that, it's called a deviation, not an interpretation. So as long as they don't have that, you stick to the jama'ah of Muslims, and you have that doggedness, okay? and you make dua that Allah re- makes you reach your grave while you are upon the sunnah and jama'ah, okay? and khidmat of the Muslims. Because it's the khidmah of the Muslims that may save us. Service to other people may, is what may save us. Our ibadah is, is weak. How much am I obliged to keep family ties with a member if they disrespected both my parents and me verbally? You're not obligated to anything. You could, you're allowed to, to keep a distance from somebody who harms you without the intent of cutting family ties. It's me for 11, for, for LZ says... I know most say that pick portraits drawing eyes is haram. Okay, the ruling on pictures is the following in the Madiki school. It is forbidden if two conditions are met that you draw it's it's drawn in such a way, it's formed in such a way that it's it could live. For example, ha, uh, half a human can't live, right? If you cut a human in half, he can't live. He's going to die of bleeding or just the human head. That's condition 1 is that it's formed in a way that it could live. Condition two is that it has a shadow. If one of the two conditions are met, it's makru. If both are met, it's haram. If zero are met, it's halal. Therefore, drawing a human face. That's it. Just a face. Does it have a shadow? No, because I drew it. And drawing the shadow doesn't count. It physically, does it have a shadow? No. Is it, could, it, could a head survive on its own? No. Therefore, it's halal. That's the Madiki school. Shafi school is much stricter than that. So you can look up the Shafi school or the Hanafi, whatever you want. Khaled Reyes says, what is meant by the youth and tabarruj? Um, the youth and tabarruj is to reveal the nakedness that Allah commanded to be covered. 
And Dayuth is someone who is permissive. There's two opinions on the Dayuth. It's someone who is permissive about his wife revealing that nakedness in public. Or it's something worse, which is he, per- he knows that his wife is having an affair and he accepts it. That's like far off. So Tabaruj, it's sinful, of course. There's no doubt about that. And for you to accept sinfulness is sinful. Being permit- permissive of sinfulness is sinful. If you are a head of household or, or, or a husband and you see Tabaruj in your family, you will be asked by that, about that. To, you have to try to bring an end to it. Only a couple more questions. Before we wrap up, Saturday on MBIC, Tarawih, then a long vicar after that. Tarawih. Friday and Saturday we do that. Why are the surahs of the Quran compiled from the longest to shortest instead of the order of revelation? Allah knows best. It's not exactly that, by the way. There are some surahs that are shorter, like, for example, Surah Al Alaq, Iqra is preceded by Surah Al-Duha, which is shorter, right? So it's not 100% that, but what's the wisdom of that? There is a wisdom in the revelation of the Qur'an. It, the Qur'an is revealed, it, the law portion of the Qur'an is at the front. The descriptions of the afterlife tend to be at the end. And most of the stories are in the middle. But that's just a very, very general overview. Because Baqarah and Ali Imran has stories, but also has the law. Okay. Dino Palavra says, there's no being passive. No, there's no being passive. If you want this, Dean, you're going to have to fight for it. Because someone will seek to snatch it out of your hands. And I think that's a nyama. People say, oh, the people of today are so bad. But the people who fight in the Dean, the people who strive... I think will have qualities that no other people have. Okay? Because this is an era that, that has never been seen by any religious community ever before. Where we have a diverse world, and but we have Islam everywhere. And the whole world, it seems, has ganged up on Muslims. One side, there's Qomaluts. The other side, there's the Zionists. The other side, there's the Mushriks of India, right? And China, attacking and killing. It's everywhere, right? Then you got Munafiqs. Bani Israel suffered from munafiqs all of the munafiq rulers all of these things happened to previous prophets and the prophet muhammad's ummah is the prophet was such that he has a teaching okay, that if his ummah sticks with they can handle all of these fitan at once all these enemies at once and that's what we're facing right now all these enemies at once any one of you in the live stream want to come and hang out with us Last 10 nights of Ramadan, masjid will be open. You can stay. You can sleep in the masjid. There's a shower in the masjid. There will be iftar. There will be suhoor. You will not have to eat, buy food, pay for a hotel. All you have to do is pay for your transport over here. Come with one bag. That's all you're allowed. Is one small bag and a pillow and a blanket. Okay? And then when the uh, it, when we announce that the there will be atikaf which there will be at Tikaf. When we announce it, inshallah ta'ala, you will have to sign up and give your name just to make sure for emergency's sake that we know who you are. If an emergency happens and you need to put a backup number, if an emergency happens, 
but it's going to be a nice way to meet people here. And do they have women's yatsikaf? The answer is yes. They women will be. I mean, that we've always had. I, mean, I don't think the policy will change, but I'll keep you posted. But the women do yatsikaf in the back room. The men in the main hall. Okay, and mostly the nights. Hardly anyone sleeps in the night. People sleep usually from after ishraq until dhuhr, and then they may take a nap around, you know, uh, later in the day as well. Okay, Arcview classes. The schedule for Arcview Live classes is still dated till March 19th. Uh, so let's get to, I'll send that right now to the team. And they will, inshallah ta'ala, um, update that for you if it's needed. Okay, so we'll send that over to the team right now that they could do that. Updated. All right. Will there be Atikaf for middle schoolers during the weekend? There will be a special Atikaf for kids, a special Atikaf for youth, middle and high school, special Atikaf for women. I'm actually, we're going to log off. I'm going to record the calendar video right now and hopefully produce it this evening uh, so that it will be out there uh, 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 it'll be out there for everyone to to see the calendar as well as a video explaining the events and inshallah ta'ala we were going to have a wonderful and great and fruitful month of ramadan jazakumullah khairan everybody subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk wal asr innal insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilus salihat wa tawassaw bil haqq wa tawassaw bis sabr والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله